What do you think it is about Elvis that can span the generations? Hard to say. I've never really asked the question, but I know a few of the younger ETAs that are coming in that they, um, it's the charisma that Elvis had. I guess all the, the attention that's still brought to him, which maybe it gets the younger generation curious about what it's about. If they do any research and, you know, see how he was as a man, also, you know, as humble as a man he was and, and coming from a very poor background and stayed very much humble throughout the years and even, you know, being so generous with, uh, with people. I mean, it's hard not to, to be attracted to a person like that. Seniors to seniors, whether a senior in college or senior in your mature years, the common denominators of every stage of life is explored as host Robert J. LaCosta interviews seniors about how they got to where they are and how they are continuing to crush it in their mature years. LaCosta is known as the senior editor because he has interviewed seniors for the past three decades and is perhaps the longest running writer in this narrowest of niches. This podcast affords him the opportunity to pass along the same sagely wisdom that he has received from elders and has admired during his 30s, 40s, 50s, and now. LaCosta is a board-certified hearing instrument specialist who has helped over 10,000 seniors overcome hearing impairment. He draws deeply from the intimacy and privilege of those relationships. And now, it's time for The Age Sage. Welcome to another edition of The Age Sage. I'm your host, Robert LaCosta. Today, we have a great special guest, Sylvain Leduc, who is an Elvis Presley tribute artist. He's from Montreal, Canada. Um, and he has been doing this for several years. We're going to dive into the mind, the heart, and the voice of someone who appreciates uh, one of the greatest artists of all time. Sylvain, welcome to The Age Sage. Thank you, Bob, for having me. Thank you. It's a pleasure. The first question off the bat, I have to ask you, when did the first time you heard Elvis that somehow triggered something in your soul, whether that was also that you wanted to sing like him or whether it was just a recognition that you were listening uh, or feeling the vibes of a great artist. When, when, when would that moment date back to? I would say the moment dates back to I was between five and ten years old, most probably, which, uh, which uh, one of my uncles was a, a huge Elvis fan. He was the youngest of uh, on my mother's side, so we didn't have that many years apart. And um, I would say he he's the one that gave me the taste of Elvis Presley. So I, I'd say between five and ten years old. But um, at first off, I became a fan of, of Elvis before being a, a tribute artist. We have in upstate New York um, a Elvis Presley band now that are teenagers. And we are talking that he's been dead for a half century. And we have young people such as what you were when you first heard Elvis. So his music keeps going on. It's still affecting young people just as it affected you. And I presume Elvis had been passed away at that point? Uh, no, no, not at uh, not when I started to listen to Elvis. No, I was, uh, he was very much alive. Elvis passed away in 77. I was still a young age, but uh, I was still, I was there. And I remember that day. 
I noticed today, maybe because of that, that movie too that just came out a couple of years ago, um, I've noticed a lot of younger generation coming into the ETA world. So that's um, a good thing. I mean, it keeps Elvis's music alive, it's his, his legacy, and, uh, and people enjoy it. So, I mean, people of all ages enjoy it. What do you think it is about Elvis that can span the generations? Hard to say. I've never really asked the question, but I know a few of the younger ETAs that are coming in. That they, um, it's the charisma that Elvis had. I guess all the the attention that's still brought to him, which maybe it gets the younger generation curious about what it's about, and once they, if they do any research and you know see how he was as a man, also you know as humble as a man he was, and coming from a very poor background and stayed very much humbled throughout the years and even, you know, being so generous with uh, with people. I mean, it's hard not to, to be attracted to a person like that. I think for people on the outside looking into the Elvis movement or aura or whatever you would like to call it, culture, they see a good-looking guy with a good voice who shook his hips. You just described so many internal things, generosity, uh, charisma, humility. Those are things... <laughs> that would be great at any age, but I imagine it would be especially great for young people to emulate in their preteen, teens, and young adulthood. Yes, as we would like. I mean, you know, I I do notice that some some are very still humble, even if they're young. But some they they probably yeah, they probably use this as a as a stepping stone to. Uh, I mean, some people do it the right way, and some people use it in a different way. But I believe in general, most of them see the. Uh, the artist, but they also see uh, how, how he was humble. You know, one thing that is very interesting, it's not talked a lot about, I think, in rock circles or pop circles today, was Elvis's faith. A strong Christian believer, I believe a grandmother who's from uh, the Jewish faith, strong Christian uh, Pentecostal upbringing, tremendous influence from the African-American spiritual side. Do you think that contributed to these internal qualities that kind of match this charismatic, good-looking kid from the South? I would think so. I would think that um, it's, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't present there. I wasn't there when, as he was growing up, I wasn't there to see what he really went through. But, you know, by seeing and reading, seeing on the movie and reading, reading stories and everything, you know, he came from a very, very poor background. So the talent came along. I mean, the talent came along with what he was living, you know, being being in the in the South like that, and being mixed up with blues and rock and roll, and, and he made it his own. So I mean, he just did. He was gifted. He was God gifted. I mean, losing his twin brother too. I guess I don't know. Maybe maybe God had a plan for him. You you mentioned the influences that he came from. He certainly had the amalgamation of, uh, like you say, uh, blues, rock, uh, spirituals, Christian gospel. It was so evident that this was a unique person who was about to usher in a unique uh, sound. When you do the Elvis tribute concerts, how do you bring about all these different influences? Do, do you work that into the set? Say, I'll do a certain amount of pop, I'll do something a little bluesy, or do you have your just own uh, version of Elvis? And how do other, other Elvis tribute artists uh, um, manage to capture that quality of so many fused influences? Well, for myself, I mean, uh, 
first of all, I've always done the concert years. I've never done the 50s or the movie Elvis. So I've always done the concert years with the jumpsuits. And, um, and for myself, I mean, of course, if we're in a competition part and they're asking for certain songs, well, I like to be dressed to go with those songs. I mean, if it's gospel, be wearing more gospel kind of uh, attire. And if not, if it's more concert stuff, it'd be more than jumpsuit, the bling, the bling with the jumpsuits and all that. But uh, in my shows, I like to, in my personal shows, I like to mix it up a little bit. Sometimes I'll even take uh, special demands and we'll take it from there. We'll do part pop songs, popular songs, and we'll do part gospel songs in it. And as the the, uh, the holidays are approaching, we'll do some we'll do some Christmas songs, uh, spiritual Christmas songs, and How do you and when you're on stage, okay. when you're on stage, you can you can feel the audience how they're reacting to what they're singing. So you can basically try to work around that too. You want to make it's, it's you're there for the audience, so you want the audience to really engage and feel really feel the music too. So it's it's not just singing. You, you want them to feel what you're singing. So. That must be a unique sensation to kind of have the shared love that you know your audience does with your personal shared love, but you're in control of, say, what song is next. That must be a wonderful feeling to merge your heart with the audience's heart in this mutual admiration, respect, and love for Elvis's timeless music. Oh, it's, 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 it's for, for, to be special, it's very special to be able to to pay tribute to Elvis and to, and you know, all the hard work that our CTAs, most of our GTAs do to be authentic to Elvis, to try to, to keep his legacy the way he was and not try to change it up to something different. It's, you know, the people, most, most people will recognize the real Elvis mannerisms compared to, uh, you know, the grasshopper Elvis, I call him. And some people just hopping around and thinking that it was Elvis. Well, Elvis wasn't always like that. So the, the authentic Elvis is also driven out of probably your great respect for him, and the audience picks up on your authenticity and other ETAs. Yes, I would think I would think so. I would think that being authentic is, is, is basically the main thing. I've been asked by younger generations coming in, what would I, if I would have anything to tell them what to do or how to do, I'd say just listen to Elvis and be as authentic as possible. That's Even if you did you didn't know the person, you didn't know the artist. Uh, just there's so much there's so much out there today with, with the social media and everything. There's, you know, watch him and just Well that's I think that's some sagely advice from a mature Elvis tribute artist like yourself. Now I have to ask you, can you tell our audience how many of these concerts you do, uh, fundraisers. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the fun experiences that you experience in the field? Uh, you're Canadian. You come to America a lot. Um, I'm sure you've traveled. Can you just give us a little insight as to what an Elvis tribute artist goes through? Well, it's uh, it's full-time job for me. I, I uh, basically do, uh, I'll do two to th sometimes three, four shows a, a week. Basically, I'd say an average of at least two a week, but sometimes it's three, sometimes it's four. I will do uh, in the week a lot of weekdays. I will be doing residence homes, which uh, which is like a for me. It's like gifting. It's a gift. It's a gift to bring it to the residence home because these people cannot come and see our shows. So I bring my show at a smaller size if you want, but I bring it to them. And then the weekends, well, we do uh, fundraisers. We do uh, 
we do uh, theater shows. We do uh, every weekend or something going on. I mean, when you do the assisted living or nursing home or you know advanced age audiences, do you see some tears? Um, do some of the uh, folks with Alzheimer's uh, might get you mixed up with Elvis? Yes, I do see that. I do see that some people do get very very emotional. We're often told, you know, oh, you know, our our residents they get tired after maybe thirty minutes to sixty minutes. They get tired, but we usually give them a ninety minute show, and they sit through it the whole time, and they love it. So it's, I think it's very, it's very rewarding for them. It's and it's rewarding for me to see their faces and how they they react to uh, to our shows. For younger uh, listeners, Sylvain, can you describe what you know? Per, perhaps I know you can't get inside the mind, but an older person from a nursing home or adult home, uh, or even in your audiences on your weekend shows, what perhaps the memories that it brings back to them. Has anybody ever described that you brought back a specific memory or a general memory of their younger years? Uh, when they met their spouse, or when they met, when they did their first dance, or um, a certain time in their, in their life, a certain place in their life, and... Uh, and just overall, the joy that they just spent that night, the joy that it brought to them, it, it brings me joy to know that what I do is all about, you know, forgetting what's going on in this world right now. And it's it's an evening of pleasure, and so this is really not a it's really not a job for me. It's it's it's, it's rewarding. Almost sounds like a ministry. Um, when you're traveling and shaking hands, I mean, obviously people are have this adulation for Elvis, but you, I've seen you, you get a little bit of that when people come up to you afterwards, ask you for autographs. You in no way try to, you know, intimate that uh, you're the real thing. There's only one Elvis, and I, I've seen that with other ETAs. There's just a great respect for the memory of Elvis, but also when they come up to you, what what are some of the things that they'll ask you? Oh, let's see. There's a lot of questions that go over how long have I been doing this? Uh, where do I get my jumpsuits? A lot of questions, just many, many, many questions. But it's it's giving a time of day to after after doing a show. You know, they want to take pictures. People want to take pictures. The fans want to take pictures. They want they want the time of day. You know, and and that's part of being a tribute artist is is giving is giving that time. How, you mentioned they ask you how long you've been doing it. How long have you been doing it? I've been doing this. I was 15 years old when I started. When I started out, of course, uh, throughout the years when uh, when life kicked in, I had some, you know, I had other lifetime things to be doing. You know, but then I got back to it. Uh, I got back to it in the years 2000 and worked on it till till 2015. I started doing it more professionally, and, and since 2018, I'm doing this. Well, you also are an ETA competition winner, and that's not a small thing. There are a lot of talented people out there, and you've risen to the point where emotions, your voice, your persona, your showmanship has elevated you to the point where you've won some competitions and you've attracted fans like myself, my wife, to the point where we're, you know, having you come down several hours from Montreal. You've been to Memphis and all over. Uh, what are the experiences you find when you go to, say, Graceland or maybe Elvis's boyhood home or wherever you've gone that have really kicked in some emotional spots for you personally as an Elvis fan, not just an Elvis tribute artist? Well, of course, of course, going to Memphis and visiting his his Graceland home and doing the rounds of, of all the places that he stayed in Memphis and also going to Tupelo and the 
his ranch, the G Ranch, was uh, too far. It's it's just soak it all in, and you can feel his presence. And meeting up with also um, many of his uh, surroundings, like uh, this weekend, last weekend, my, I got to see uh, Linda Thompson. It was the second time that I'd gotten the chance to see her and talk with her. And which Linda Thompson was Elvis's ex-girlfriend from 1972 to 76. And that being close to somebody like that, uh, getting close up to somebody like that, it, it's, it's, it's really, it builds up your Elvis, your Elvis love, your Elvis, um, the feeling of that. And it, I think that really helps the, uh, the tribute part and being authentic too is, I, I believe it's one of my strong points is being as authentic as possible. And, and as, I mean, I, I come from a great family. I mean, my parents were, parents were awesome. My grandparents were awesome. People were all humble people. We're not, there's nobody in the family that's, that's out of, uh, out of this world. So I think that really is a big, big part too. That helps my, my tribute act as, I, I mean, it's not an, it's, it's not an act. It's myself paying tribute to Elvis. So I think that's a big, 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 that's a big part. And you're doing a fundraiser for senior citizens in the Albany, New York. Um, that's in upstate New York for those of you that are out of the country or in, around. And the seniors will react probably in a way that maybe other audiences won't because they remember Elvis as if it was yesterday. They get very excited about the prospect of Sylvain Ledoux coming down and honoring Elvis and in a way honoring their memories of when they were young. So congratulations on doing uh, such a really a fine work. I, I think you're going to be uh, doing this for a long, long time. Our guest today has been Sylvain Leduc. Sylvain, uh, God bless and, and keep keep all of the priorities in the, in the right spot the way you are. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Well, this we'll is, see you soon. Yes, sir. So this is uh, Robert LaCosta with the Age Sage uh, speaking to Sylvain Leduc, a Elvis tribute artist of some note. Let me tell you, if you ever have a chance to see him, or if he's not in your area and you have to happen to see a skilled Elvis tribute artist who takes their work seriously, don't miss it. We'll see you next time on the Age Sage. Thank you so much for tuning in right here to the age sage with guest sylvain leduc of course do check out all of the other incredible interviews on the age sage on any major podcast platform it's the age sage with the senior editor robert j lacosta